Hello, and welcome to the Shoemaker's Library. I'm your host, Kenneth Roman. For this episode, we'll be discussing Phantom of the Paradise, the 1974 campy movie directed by Brian De Palma that was shown at the library on October 5th. This showing was the first of a few monster movies we'll be showing in the classic monster movie remix series. Next up is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 1994. Now, my thoughts of Phantom of the Paradise. Regular listeners may remember that I did a Phantom of the Opera discussion back in 2020 when we watched the 25th anniversary show concert of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Feel free to go back and listen to that episode. Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera has been in recent news due to it closing on Broadway in February 2023. Side note, my thoughts on the show closing are complex. I am sad that the classic is leaving, but I also know that it will be back someday with a new creative team that can breathe new life into it. If you need an example of what I'm talking about, Google and compare images from the Broadway or London production and the U.S. tour and other non-replica productions around the world. They're quite fascinating what people can come up with using the same material and story. You may wonder why I brought up the closing of the Broadway show instead of discussing Phantom of the Paradise. Well, the story of the Phantom is about its adaptations. Ever since the very basic story by Gaston LaRue, which was published in 1911, was adapted to the big screen in 1925 by Universal, starring Lon Chaney, The Phantom of the Opera has been a story that has been rearranged and altered to fit the needs of the time. Phantom of the Paradise does just that. Adapt the source material into the 1970s. The settings, the costumes, characterizations, and of course music all reflect that time period. On my personal top ten list of Phantom adaptations, The Phantom of the Paradise ranks number five. I do really enjoy this movie, and I find the creative changes refreshing, and at the end of the episode, I will give a few thoughts on how they could remake this adaptation. Going forward, I will be talking about a few plot points from the movie, so if you did not join us for the viewing of Phantom of the Paradise, and you don't want to be spoiled, go watch, and then come back and finish listening. Let's get started with Winslow Leach, the Phantom. This characterization of a phantom is just what I look for in most phantoms. A sympathetic person who does terrible things. An anti-hero. Winslow is more victim than monster. His murderous deeds a counteraction to him being wronged. As kill counts go for phantoms, Winslow does rack them up. I counted on my last viewing nine or so. I could have missed a few. The ways he dispatches people are quite interesting. The one I enjoy the most is the electrocution of beef via Neon Thunderbolt. The Phantom Bird Mask costume is great. It stands out from all the other adaptations. Most famous adaptations are usually just a mask and opera apparel. So I enjoy a Phantom adaptation that tries to plus that. And Phantom of the Paradise does just that with his more 
techno phantom apparel and bird-like phantom mask. Next, let's look at Swan, who is a mix of the love interest Raoul and opera managers from other adaptations, with a dark twist. This is not the first time the real villain of the story is the sleazy manager. This is the first time the plot twist of a Faustian deal, a deal with the devil, plays a part in the creation of the Phantom. Yes, this story plot does appear in another Phantom adaptation. I like this introduction of a deal with the devil plotline. It levels up the Phantom character from sad, lonely, and disfigured man into a sad, lonely, and disfigured creature who sold his soul. He loses his humanity. He is a phantom, a real phantom. It puts him on the same level of Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man. Before this plot, he is just a human pretending to be a phantom in most adaptations, or it's after the death of the human body that his legend makes him a phantom. The Faustian story plot of him selling his soul makes him more monstrous. Also, a few years ago, there were a lot of powerful producers in the entertainment industry that were pulled out of the shadows and shown to be monsters, real monsters. This movie is a satire on that very thing. More on that in a bit. Let's look at Phoenix, who is this version's Christine. She is not the pure, in quotation, ingenue as the Christine that we get in other versions of Phantom. Phoenix has lived life, and in the end succumbs to the fame that Swan introduces her to. Something that Winslow, the Phantom, tries very hard to prevent. Luckily for Phoenix, the Phantom is able to save her at the very last minute. For many of the Christines after this, we get a more complex characterization like Phoenix. Sadly, in this movie, Phoenix is not given a lot of screen time or much to do, a criticism that is thrown at many Christines in Phantom adaptations. Lastly, character-wise, anyways, let's talk about the fan-favorite beef. An over-the-top performer, this is the Colotta role, the diva role that, when done right, you can have some sympathy for. This character in adaptations doesn't always perish, uh, but always is victimized by the Phantom in some way. The stories usually make this character unlikable, so the audience thinks this character somehow deserves the torture the Phantom is putting them through. With Beef, while yes a diva, they don't have too many unlikable qualities. They are as much a victim of Swan's dealings as Winslow in Phoenix. I also like the creative psycho tribute with the plunger. One more thing. The music, written by Paul Williams, who, funny enough, plays Swan, is very good. I enjoy listening to most of the songs. He did a good job showcasing how songs can be written one way, but be changed based on the people who are performing it. I always find that aspect of the movie fascinating. It's something that makes this Phantom's frustration about his music being stolen and changed more understandable. Now, what do I think of a reboot and what it could look like? 
I don't think the story would need to change too much, which could be an argument for keeping it the way it is. But I would like to see it updated to reflect today's music scene, since there have been so many true stories of the misdeeds of people in the entertainment industry, I think it would be fitting to have a new adaptation of Swan to reflect these monstrous people. Winslow reflecting the many victims of these monstrous people. Okay, so those are my thoughts on Phantom of the Paradise. Next week is 1994's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Kenneth Branham, Robert De Niro, and Helena Bottom Carter. It'll be shown on October 11th at 5.45. Hope to see you all there, or at least listening to the Shoemaker's commentary. Thank you for listening to the Shoemaker's Library. Until next time, keep reading.